2: 18+. Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, I speak with Roy Nemmer of Mundo Alvesilist as we talk the latest Barca news and review the Granada match from Saturday. We're going to get right into that conversation. But before we do that, I just wanted to let you know about our Patreon community, which is still going on. If you want to help support the podcast, it's only $5 a month. We have a great WhatsApp community where we talk daily about Barca we share notes we share ideas we share insights we share everything in there it's really awesome it's a really great worldwide community and we've also incorporated now scouting reports of opponents or players so if that is something that interests you click on the show notes join our Patreon community check it out Uh, it's really fun and you'll be helping to support the podcast as well which is pretty cool anyway after the break Roy and I dissect three points lost in the south of Spain Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. So Coutinho finally leaves on loan. Obviously, was I mean, we were all wishing that he was going to be sold. But again, this is a big question. This is a question that's been asked in our Patreon community, especially from one of our patrons, Keegan, just saying, you know, what do we need to happen for Fred and Torres to be registered? Now, I previously, Roy... Before we started recording, and I kind of did my research to read a little bit about all the the, the finances that are going. But still, yeah. it is so complicated to figure this out compared to like American sports or even baseball, whatever. When you have the hard salary cap, what do we need? What else do we need to do? Do we need to sell four more players to get Torres registered finally? That's what it looks like. People
0: are saying, oh, you know, you got to sell Coutinho. You got to get, get rid of Dembele, Umtiti, you know. Uh, Everyone's talking about those players because they're the ones on the biggest wages, right? Obviously, you have like the PK, Alba Busquets, but those are the captains. They're, I'm not saying good or bad, but they're the untouchable ones. So you got to get rid of maybe some of the, you know, I hate to say this, but some of the dead weight. And Coutinho, unfortunately, was one of them. That signing never worked out. Dembele's been at the club for a couple of years. He's demanding, what is it, like $40 a year now, which is ridiculous, to be honest. Um, But yeah, they got to apparently... They got to get rid of a couple of the, a couple of the wages and getting rid of um or sorry getting rid of coutinho would be a very good start and then uh, in my opinion from what i could tell if they got rid of one of um or um uh or dembele then for sure they could register torres uh, but
2: yeah there yeah. was a a really great article by sid Lowe talking all about all the the finance and the dynamics in this and you know one of the issues too is you know I'm really anti the Dembele resigning because I think for the winger that he is, we need more goals than two goals every six months. Like that's, I need more from this, right? And one of the issues is if we renew Dem, uh, Dembele, we're able to sign Torres because we're going to be able to elongate and shrink his salary from the front end. What 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 do we do? You know, it's kind of like. We have Torres waiting. We want Torres to do it, but then it's sacrificing Dembele and also overpaying for a player who hasn't produced in the last three years, really. So, this is this is one of the major issues going on in the back room of Barcelona.
0: Yeah, we we've been overpaying for Dembele since the day we bought him. Yeah, yeah. and this is look, this is not a knock on Dembele or anything like that. If we go back, the the only reason why Dembele was brought in was because Neymar left and it was an emergency signing. This for was sure. not planned, right? For sure. And this could, have gone, this could have gone either way. This could have been like one of the best signings ever for the club or what we got now. Unfortunately, it's what we got now. And, you know, we're not asking for Dembele. And I don't think many of us were expecting Dembele to be like a, you know, a Robin, an Arjen Robin for Bayern or for the Netherlands who was absolutely wreaking havoc on the wings. But something like it's been what three four five years he's at the club now and his decision making is still off his shooting is way off and this has nothing to do with injuries this has nothing to do with injuries you know injuries can slow down a player absolutely but the decision making has nothing to do with that shooting has nothing to do with that and for whatever reason it just it hasn't worked out cut your losses get rid of him you you have torres so essentially you're kind of asking the board well who do you want do you want Someone that has been at the club for a couple of years now and has failed, or do you want someone like Ferran Torres, who you just brought in for a pretty good fee? You know, it could have been much worse, but you just brought him in. Someone who you're planning to, I think, anyways, build with for the next couple of years. So, you're going to keep Torres or you're going to get Dembele? And for me, it's a no brainer. And yeah, and you you know, uh, I, I've tweeted a couple of years ago regarding Dembele, and people kept telling me, Oh, you're a Dembele hater, you're this, you're that the proof is in the pudding it has nothing yeah. to do with being a hater it's, he hasn't produced
2: yeah it's one of those things i was talking with one of my co-hosts craig about this and he's really anti dembélé and i've always been trying to be positive with him and it's funny because i do get seduced by the potential and the speed that he has but then one of the last recordings i had with craig he was again he just put it to me bluntly he said how many goals has he scored this calendar year, and it was crazy. It's like barely nothing right? like it's two or three goals, and that's that's the thing as a winger as an attacker, you need to score goals if he was assisting on double digit figures, then okay, you live with that because he's attributing to goals, but he's not doing either, plus with all the injuries so this is my prediction, Roy, you ready for this i don't no think point. i don't think I don't think Torres gets registered for this season you don't think so? No, no, I just think there's too many moving parts that have to happen for tourists to get registered for the second half of the season i don't think especially we were able to loan out coutinho which has been such a monumental thing for the last four years and we still can't register them so there's they're way off as you know as we've been reading today a little bit more so that's my prediction i am I'm, I'm want to be positive because i want tours to help contribute to this team but i just think we're in way more dire uh, stakes right now than we really think. And I just don't see, I don't know. That's just my prediction, man. This is, you know, I, I hope, I hope you're wrong. (laughs) I hope you're wrong, but
0: it wouldn't surprise me either. Right. A lot of people, and I love Laporta, right. I, I really, really do, despite what maybe happened with Vestin, I'm not bringing Laporta for for any of that, but I think he's such a good PR guy and he knows what to say that the club could be an, are, are in financial ruins to the point where, like you just said, probably can't even register Torres, but he'll still be like, yeah, we're going to get Allen. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Uh, no, register what you have first. Figure that stuff out. But I, I hope, look, I hope you're wrong. But at the same time, it it wouldn't surprise me. He inherited the club in such a bad way that
2: yeah, it's... it's that's that's the thing, right? Laporta is so great at Jedi mind-tricking people, right? These aren't the droids you're looking for type of thing, right? Holland is going to come, you know? We want to believe this, especially in this window. But again, if moving Coutinho the way we're able to do and we still can't register a player, that's, that's really telling. And to me, again, with Dembele's re-signing, there's so many moving parts just to register this one player, you know? And that's what's crazy about this whole situation. So uh anyway i just wanted to get your opinion on that i know a lot of people this was the news of thursday there's always news you know friday was the nomina of pk yesterday was the match let's talk about that match uh barca beat grenadilla tenerife 7-0 i mean sorry those were the women that was the women sorry 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 i meant the men's team the men went to the south of spain to granada and they lost an opportunity to get three points and this was a tough loss but again we're going to talk about some of these things the first thing i want to talk about that I heard Chavi speak about in the press conference today was the lack of strength possession to finish the game. Now, this is, I would say this is a trend that's definitely been happening in the last games because again, Celta, Betis, Osasuna, and Granada, they've allowed last minute goals. So, you know, we've we've been experimenting with the young midfield and stuff. What can we do to further have stronger possession to really close off these games? Because we're looking at these games, and that's you know, possibility of, you know seven to 12 points that have been left on the board
0: yeah it's uh look I'm not I'm not sure if it has something to do with the younger players or whatnot obviously Chavi you you know mentioned it as, as you just did um I think it's it's the focus because for 60 70 minutes and this has been a recurring theme for the first 67 minutes of the match teams playing well keeping possession and then in the second half of the second half or the second part of the second half sorry they just, that's it, they lose focus. And I don't know if it's something in training. I don't know if it—if bringing someone like Danny Alves or really that veteran presence that has the mindset of, look, let's stay focused. Let's do this. We're not going to mess this up. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Sometimes it could just be that. And maybe yesterday's match versus Granada, had they won that match instead of conceding the way they did and collapsing the way they did, especially with the red card, had they won that match, that could have been maybe what the team needed uh, you know, in terms of confidence, in terms of focus, uh, maybe it's something in training that they have to work on. Let's not forget. And you mentioned, it, this is a very young midfield. It's a relatively young team. Yes, you have some of the veterans, you have PK, you have Alba, you have, you know, Ter Stegen and Alves, but for the most part, this is a young squad. When Frankie de Jong, who's been at the club for two or three seasons, is your veteran midfielder <laughs> when Busquets is not there, yeah. that you know that speaks volumes to, to the youth of the team. And it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And hopefully it's something that's fixed sooner rather than later.
2: You know, one of the things I think, you know, obviously Luis Suarez was one of the greatest number nines we ever had at Barca. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that was really underrated that he did was how he was able to hold possession especially like in the beginning of his career with Barca to take it to the corner, hold the ball. I mean, how many times last night did Memphis not hold the ball? And that drives me crazy. It's like, you have a role to do, just hold the ball and pass it back. Not everything is always going to be a flick on a flick off Mm -hmm. and this type of thing. And especially when you're a man down, those minutes are crucial, right? Especially when you're counting down with those 10 minutes. And to me, it's that is one of the things that's driving me crazy. With not only you know, obviously, Xavi said that he took a risk last night to put uh, Memphis in there because he wanted a little bit more speed on top to get that. But again, mm-hmm. Memphis has to recognize to hold possession because those thirty seconds that they hold means like four minutes that they don't have to play defense essentially.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you need that from your number nine. You mentioned Suarez, one of the best I think to ever play the game in that position. Anyways, not necessarily just for Barcelona, and that's what he did so well and. You know, we, we often joke about it, or used to joke about it, in terms of his physique, right? Mm-hmm. At the tail end of his Barcelona career, he was a pretty guy. But you know what? Yeah, he would use his body to shield the ball, to hold the ball, uh, take it to the corner flag. And that's something that, again, maybe some of the younger players don't have that. You mentioned Memphis. Memphis is not a young kid. That's something that he should know. He should know what to do. Um, and yeah, they just they would lose the ball very cheaply. And you mentioned it. If, if Memphis holds that ball up for a couple of seconds, 20, 30 seconds, that allows the rest of the team to get into position, open up the pass, do something, keep possession, pass it back, do something. And it was just kind of like rush, 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 rush. We got the ball. Okay. Let's do something with it. But sometimes you got to slow things down. And, you know, I know it's not a Chavirine or or Busquets on the pitch, but sometimes, you know, keep it simple, right? Yeah. it simple. Hold the ball, play it back, move around, you know, on the pitch, open some things up, play the ball again and they they have to they have to try that in training at least it it's that's one thing they definitely have to work on yeah
2: yeah i mean that's the other thing is cuz in the possession game we had more than 60% throughout the whole yeah. game but it was the last 12 minutes the last 15 minutes where you know granada really took over and was really dangerous i mean they had four scoring opportunities in the back line and so again it's these type of things i know we have a young midfield and and maybe chavi next time needs to put another midfielder to just to have support but the other thing we'll talk about in a second is Just don't get a red card and we won't maybe not be in this in this situation. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about, the most sexy thing ever is defense, right? Defense wins championship, as they always say, right? Of course. Again, Chavi in the press conference after match, he said we have to be autocritica. We have to criticize ourselves about what is going on. And I think we're still, I think a lot of Barca fans are still in this fog of like how great our team was to now realizing just how bad our defense is. Because if this keeps happening as a trend, you're just a bad defense, right? You can only have so many mental mistakes where this is happening. How do we, like, for example, we're doing a three-back system, which I think is probably the best system we can do right now at the moment. But at the same time, what are you seeing uh, from the defense that is kind of attributing to these last minute goals? Or is it just simply mental mistakes? Or is it just, we're not good at defense? It's, that's a very, I, think it's a bit of, I think it's a bit of
0: everything. And the yeah. fact that, you know, a 38-year-old Danny Alves is your best defender when, when that yeah. offer's not there, that I think speaks volumes in terms of the quality maybe that's on display. And, you know, Alba's getting up there in age. Pique's lost a step or two, which, which is normal, right? Which has yeah, yeah. been at the highest level for over a decade. But it's the quality and you know what and i know this, this has become a popular thing on on twitter and this and that but to stegan doesn't look confident out there and whether that's because of him that's because of his injury or that's because of the front four in front of him or front three that are in front of him uh i don't know but when your goalkeeper doesn't look confident that has to play a part um defensively as a player right and i think a lot of it's just down to the quality itself i, I think this team has become complacent or was complacent at one point in the previous two, three years uh, before Chavi came in, you know, Alba's kind of like, oh, well, you know, I probably I won everything and mistake after mistake. Same thing for PK. And then we saw it a bit last season when Araujo and Minguesa came on. At one point, they were essentially our best defenders. You know, you have these young kids unproven, untested come in and you're like, wow, you know, these guys are actually stepping it up. And I think it just shows how complacent this team was and it's the lack of quality man it's the lack of quality it's the mentality as well you have someone that's 38 like Danny Alves who's obviously lost a step or two which is completely normal but when he comes in playing the way he did showing the heart that he showed that's something that has to fight that has to, to ignite a fire in you and if that doesn't then you have a big big problem and unfortunately I see a couple of our defenders that that fire is no longer there
2: yeah, and I'm just going to point the finger at Alba because Alba to me yeah. hasn't been world class in the last two seasons and it's really hard because you know he was one of the left best left backs in the world and to obviously there's a natural progression with age it's, it's a tough position yes. to be top flight like that and in the goal yesterday and also during the week you know as you talked about to get complacent I understand because you know when you get older you just don't want to hustle or put the 100% they used to when you were 26. It's completely understandable. But the thing is, it's just continuous with Alba for me. And it's driving me crazy, right? So I want to give you some stats about his crossing, because that's the other thing that's driving me crazy. Because, you know, if we have this idea of world class, like, what to you would be a good percentage of crosses successful, successful crosses? What would be kind of like your your KPI, your benchmark. there for, if you were just talking as an above average left back, what would we, What would you put it there for?
0: I mean, at least, at least, and this is like the bare minimum for me, right? And I'm sending yeah, personally. Yeah. I'm sending bar very, at least fifty percent of your crosses reach someone. At the very least, like you, you get one, you miss one. That's normal. You get one, you miss one. But
2: I'm so this, I'll, let me about. let me give you some of the numbers. All right, so all right. his average, his career average, Alba is thirty two percent. Jesus. Yeah, and this season he's at twenty seven. And last season, he was 33, so he's been declining. Now, we'll take a look at this and see but I want to give you a comparison to Alfonso Davies, which I think is one mm-hmm. of the better, amazing left backs. This season, so far, he's close to 38-40%. Last year, he closed at 44. Wow. So, just to give you a comparison, right? And that's the thing. Alba, to me, like, I take away all his legacy as a player. I'm just talking about now, this moment, this moment mm-hmm. right now. His laziness of passing drives me crazy and on top of that if you're going to be lazy please defend or vice versa like you got to do something on on the good end right and i feel like he's just totally complacent on both ends and it's affecting our team because like for example in the game during the week he didn't close in on the defense they make a perfect cross the first cross first shot first goal these teams now obviously they're all professionals but these teams now do not fear barcelona whatsoever and i think shoring up Jordi Alba is or that left back is one of the main things I need to do on defense I'm not but see we don't have anyone to push him or anyone back so I don't have a solution for this issue this is is driving me crazy just watching him with his face and he always just looks he doesn't want to be out there anymore and so that's the other thing I don't know if I don't know I don't know what are your feelings on Alba lately like tell me
0: yeah look I know I know he got a lot of stick and for myself included couple of years back after that you know infamous champions league match in england which we're not going to really talk about he got a lot of stick and even last year and, and the year before you know he'll go on a couple of runs where you think yeah, he's not playing too bad you know he's kind of playing well and then a big match happens and he just collapses this year i mean you, you mentioned the stats this year it's not even the fact that he's playing well and then he plays bad he plays poorly in a big match he's just been poor all across the board everywhere yeah. and You know, you could play a couple of bad crosses in a match. It happens. It it happens to everybody. But with him, it's not just the fact that he's playing bad crosses, but he's playing, as you mentioned, bad crosses and giving the ball away in key moments in the match. And those good crosses have become, you know, very like one good cross every six, seven, eight crosses. That's not cutting it anymore. You're giving the ball away. You're giving the ball away in very bad situations. Messi's not there anymore. Stop trying to pull back. Stop trying to do that. He's done it a couple of times. And again, it's normal. He lost a step or two in terms of speed when tracking back, but his positioning's off. And you would expect someone as you get older for your positioning to be better. So his crossing's bad, his positioning's off. Defensively, he's really, really you know, lost a step there. Sure. And it's, it's affecting everybody. And if it gets to the point where it affects the team, you're conceding goals, you're giving the ball away cheaply. in a team that needs to have possession, like we just spoke about, yeah maybe going with a back three and benching Alba might be might be the solution I don't know go with three center backs try something because Alba's not cutting in
2: yeah yeah and that's the thing and the other thing too is like I just don't know he always gets blocked like that's the yeah. other thing too right and again I remember you know obviously with having messy that opens up that space and now there's not that space so how do you adapt right how do you get the pass and to me also I feel like Barcelona's colors are pretty bright, you know, like you can pick a player out <laughs> like 10 yards away that's open or not open. So I don't understand these the, the statistics of Alba. So again, but we don't have another backup, right? Because if you want Balde to come in they're fine, okay? But like he's still not good enough to we're, no. we're going to have still issues on another thing probably. Maybe not as good defensively as well. So I don't know. This is this is my Alba gripe for the year. I just I really we really need to find a left back soon. I don't know how we're going to do it, but that's something that needs to be done in the the shopping list for the summer. Because as I pointed out when I was doing the research of left backs, like Alfonso Davies is my favorite one right now because mm-hmm. just of how great he is with Bayern. Just looking at his crosses just in the last two seasons, it's it's remarkable and, when you compare, you know?
0: Right. No, for sure, for sure. And we're not talking for, for those listening or for those watching, we're not talking in terms of who he's crossing to, right? Obviously, he's crossing to Lewandowski, but at least his crosses are on point. Yeah. And and maybe for Alba, some, you know, I'll, I'll try to kind of maybe a little bit of slack, although <laughs> uh, it's very difficult. I'll try and cut a bit of slack. Maybe sometimes the movement in the box isn't the greatest. So for him, you know, his crosses are a bit off. But as you mentioned, when you're trying to cross and the first defender blocks it, with his, you know, extending leg or yeah, whatever. yeah, something's off, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like sending in good crosses, but there's no one there. We're like, wow, you know, he missed a target, but no one was there. No one was in the penalty area. He's just missing everything. I so,
2: mean, d- so. yeah, just going back to the, like the game during the week with the where he didn't close out. Like he gave the player so much space. Yeah. You know, it's a tic tac toe effect. You know, because all of a sudden, it's a beautiful cross creates chaos. mingueza loses his his target or his defending. Player guy goes right in front of him and scores a goal, you know, and it's it's all these things that are just continually happening. And again, in this match as well, where there was three Granada players ready to cherry pick the goal, you know, on this corner kick. Yeah. Nothing makes me more nervous now defending these corner kicks in the last minute of it's, these matches. Yeah. <laughs> it's and and this is it's not just Alba. This is Tursztegan as well.
0: I mean, he was very hesitant to come out Correct. and get the ball yesterday. Two step forward and say, oh wait a minute, I'm not getting this so he backed off and no one was on the ball no one was working. it was it was terrible I, I get nervous when a cross comes in period whether it's the last ten minutes of the match or the first ten minutes of the match yeah because we've seen it, and you said it teams don't fear Barcelona anymore and the way they're playing you can't really blame them
2: yeah yeah that's that's a good point because you know I was talking with this one my friend he was like which goalkeeper would you take in your dream eleven right now at this moment with no budget and I picked Mendy. Just because I, I like the way he has a spring to his step. And that's one of the things that, like you say, with Ter Stegen, the confidence to attack the ball in the air, to attack the ball. You just don't see it as, as we did in the last couple of years. So maybe it might be something injury-related or not. The next thing I want to talk about with the defense is this yellow card bonanza that's going along with this team. This is another picking point for me that drives me crazy. Risk versus tackle, right? This idea of just run along with the player. Like I don't understand why I, – I understand in the EPL, it's like in your blood, right? You have to tackle. Like that is what you do. But in La Liga, yeah, sure, the players are great and stuff. But you see like when we just talked about Dembele, when he's open, he's a 50% going to make it too. So if you're at the 50, you're at the midline, and it's a counter, just run. Like I don't understand like we have to make these lazy tackles. long lay made a lazy tackle. Gavi with his two tackles yesterday. We're taking all this risk. PK should have been – should have got a yellow on that one, too. Oh, yeah. With so much fire when there's no reward, right? Like, I just feel like most of those plays, you just run with the player. We get back on defense and the other team has to do something incredible to create more opportunities. So how do you know, is it just simply we shouldn't tackle as much or we just have to be completely smarter? Or is this going along with the growing pains of the youth? It's, it's a bit of everything.
0: It's the snowball effect. It's the you know, I'll give you an example. Um, let's say the last couple of minutes of the game. You, you need the ball. You need possession. You give it away cheaply. You panic. What do you do? You're going to tackle. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, we've seen that a couple of times this season, the youth as well, right? The youth don't forget. They're still young. They're still learning. Sometimes they make a mistake. They get angry. They don't know what to do. And, and you lash out. And sometimes it's merely you try and go for the ball and, and you don't get it. But there's a difference between, let's say I'm running alongside, let's say I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm peak or whatever. I'm running alongside a striker, and he has me beaten for pace, right? And my, my positioning is great and everything, just for pace. What am I going to do? I'm going to tackle. I could accept that. You know, He he's getting I'm getting beaten for pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're in midfield and you lose the ball or you're just reckless and you're running around like a headless chicken and you're like, oh, I'm, I got to do something, I got to do something, I'm going to tackle. No. And that's, that goes back to discipline. That goes back to discipline, and it could be brought back to the defense, to losing possession, to the youth. And that's why I mentioned, I think it's just the snowball effect. It's the domino effect. One thing leads to another. And if they could hold on to the ball more, you know, keep possession, not lose it as much, you'll probably see less and less of those tackles because the players will probably be, you know, less nervous or less angry or, or whatever it is. So, again, work in drills, do, do some drills and training, try something. Uh, but I think it's I think it's a couple of things because... I mean, you mentioned Pique yesterday. He was very lucky not to get carded. Oh, my gosh. Red carded yesterday as well for you. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's a rough start to the year. Let's put it that Yeah, way. yeah,
2: for sure. And that's, that's the thing, right? Like, how many world-class players can take a counter 40 yards away and convert a goal? Like, and what's that percentage, right? World-class, right? Let alone a striker from Granada you know that that's how like that's how i rationalize it right like yeah. like with the long lay tackle for example like i was telling my friend how do you not see the way he positioned his body that you, he's going to go for the give and go like you just run back you just give space and run the lane because that is going to he has to be a perfect ball over the top for you to get you know to get beat and on top of that he has to finish like 40 yards away right so yeah. again if You know, I really think if Gabi doesn't get expelled, we get those three points because I I feel like, you know, we have numbers. We're able to hold the ball and and hold it enough. So, again, these are decisions that are directly affecting points. So it's really hard not to talk about these things. All right. Let's talk to the sexiest thing, the really sexy thing, the attacking, the goals and so forth. Our lack of goals. Luke DeYoung, second goal, second game. Obviously, I have a stat for you. Ready for this one? oh uh, but I, season, I think i know what it is i think i know what it is and it involves other players as well doesn't it no it doesn't it doesn't not that one okay no 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 right. no no no. no barca has yeah. the most header goals this season in la liga wow this season yeah, this season was seven take that benzema <laughs> <laughs> that's so, impressive yeah wow. yeah yeah so again Remember, we, you know, Luke DeJong was signed because of Kuman's desire to have these options, right? Obviously, uh, Luke Young obviously coming with these goals. And he should add another one, obviously, with that fluky offsides that happened with Gavi yeah. leading up to that goal. But I want to talk more about not only the lack of goals, but to me, it's the lack of risk going forward and taking chances to really think outside the box to score. Because, I mean, the first half, sure, we were possessing going on the wings. But, man, I'm really not seeing the three, you know, the front three working. And I'm almost kind of considering we should do a front two with Luke DeYoung and Memphis. And maybe that shakes something up. Because what's the point of having spacing if we can't even get a good shot on goal?
0: No, for sure. For sure. And I'm not sure if – I mean, I get where you're coming from. I'm not sure if having Memphis and DeYoung up front would would work. It, it might, right? It might help elbow you. <laughs> and then this process finally, reach someone. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think it's a couple. Of, I think it's a couple of things regarding why it's not clicking up front. I think number one is lack of chemistry. I mean, De Jong just kind of got into the club, not maybe not very high on confidence. Although hopefully he is now with his uh, with his goals. Then you have Dembele, who, I mean, he he takes a shot from any <laughs> angle that he possibly can. So that that hurts your chances too. I mean, how many yeah. times can we see Dembele? Get the ball, especially yesterday. Wow, he frustrated me. But gets the ball on the wing, cuts in, shoots, doesn't hit the target. Not the first time, not the second, not the third, not the fourth. And that, that kills your attack, right? And then you get someone someone like Luke DeYoung, who, I'll be honest, impressed me yesterday. And not specifically because of the goal, but his mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. His movement inside the penalty area for me, and this might sound, I don't know what, but <laughs> superior than Memphis better than Memphis. I'm being very honest. Yeah. A couple of times, you know, Memphis at the start of the season, he was good scoring some goals and then just kind of dried up. De Young impressed me yesterday. I'm hoping, I'm hoping once, you know, once Fatih's back and hopefully, I mean, Dembele's gone, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. If Dembele stays and he, you know, his decision-making improves, then we might get some action on the wings and and that might help out. But, and then there's also Ferran Torres as well. Right? So I think it's just uh, lack of chemistry. And specifically in the front three, I again, I go back to the lack of chemistry, but specifically in the front three, they're just not clicking. They're not clicking. You don't see those one-twos being played yeah. between De Jong and Dembele, for example. It, it doesn't happen. Uh, and I think it's going to take some time, unfortunately.
2: I think the other thing, too, is we love, we love, love pushing it back into the middle to get a shot in. That like to, to <sighs> Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Like, for example, I remember a couple of times with Abde and... Like yesterday, like they're mm-hmm. coming at the angle on the left, and why don't they just shoot from with their left? Like, that's still a good shot, you know? Yeah. The defenders giving them that angle. Obviously, it's a hard shot because you have to hit it to the opposite corner. Yeah, I get that. But the thing is, you might get a rebound, right? And the other thing, too, is everyone knows the playbook of Barca. They always want to cut into the middle of the box to get their shot off on a thing. But even when we get our shot off, we're trying to blast it like, like power 10, you know? Like, just place it. Like, we have to. Since we're not scoring, you, we have to throw everything, obviously we're throwing crosses in there, but again, I want to see just more quality shots when we're inside the box because inside the box you're still close enough to have a good shot
0: right yeah and, and it goes back to and that's a very, very good point in the sense of let's say you have players around the box, right not not in, but who specifically is good at taking shots from outside of the penalty area? Our best player supposedly on paper was <laughs> <laughs> from outside the penalty area. <laughs> I mean, like, we either have to laugh or we have to cry here. So yeah, yeah both. Laugh here. <laughs> both, right? So, it was a continual. And then it's clearly not Dembele. Yeah. So And, and, and I agree. If you, if you get a chance, take the shot. Even if you're not central, you never know what could happen. Take the shot. You could get the rebound. Worst case scenario, you miss the target the first time. But what, what what's, what's that old saying? You know, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. There you go. I like so, it take your chances take your shot try something because what's what they're trying to do now is unfortunately not working
2: yeah i always think of basketball like on fast breaks when you spread the floor when you hit the free throw mm-hmm. you cut into the basket right and yeah. i felt like we used to do that under pep and so forth i think we lack that desire to take that counterattacking all the way to the house like how many times did we have a counter yesterday and we stop you know because oh, yeah. of numbers and sometimes That's a good thing to do, right? That's a good thing to do. But at the same time, go crazy. Let's try something. Let's take a chance there because holding the ball, waiting for them to defend, we're just crossing around and not doing anything as well. So sometimes we have to find that balance. I know I'm asking a lot and being kind of contradictory in some sorts, but I just, I feel like, you know, when I'm watching the game now, yes, I'm excited to watch the team as this youth team coming together, but I just feel there's some small details that can be, uh, learned upon and improved upon, and that's going to help maybe five percent in the performance. And those are the things I'm looking at, at as as I put my coaching hat on. So, <sighs> so that's it. Let's talk about Luke's goal really quick. Obviously, the cross from Danny Alves was sublime. I mean, that's why. I mean, when was the last time we saw a nice cross from that angle? Obviously, Luke fought in the air to get that header. Again, this is why Luke is there. Like you said, I think not only his movement but his fight is something that is showing more and more in the matches when he's getting more playing time.
0: Yeah, uh, t- uh, and to answer your initial question, when was the last time we saw a cross like that? <laughs> probably have to go back a couple of years, where it was Danny Alves. said the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you yeah. go. I probably answers the first question, but no, for, and and for sure
2: regarding Luke, it's and and. Going yeah back to the moment. let's say let's we're not going to be like so crazy with it but at the same we have to give him props for scoring the two goals and being a good performer of the match right of i mean course. that's the thing yeah no definitely definitely and and you know we all kind of laughed
0: when that comment of of oh, luke is better in the air than was it neymar or something yeah <laughs> it, it kind of helps when you're taller in a different position but uh, that's for another day yeah uh, <laughs> he, he showed it yesterday and it was a great cross by alvez and the positioning by luke where he you know even him he had to kind of go around the defender, go behind the defender and extend and get the ball. And that was great. And that's great. And, you know, I even sent out a tweet yesterday uh, saying, you know, everyone talked crap about Luke and now here he is making the run off the defender's shoulder. And he was good. He was good yesterday and credit to him, credit to him. And because it hasn't been easy for him. Uh, he's gotten a lot of stick from a lot of people, myself included, uh, I'm throwing myself in there in that list. And, he's doing what he's supposed to do he got a goal yesterday that was i want to say wrongly this saw but you know this lot for offside and then he got another goal and essentially from your striker there's not much more you can ask for uh, ultimately you know he's holding the ball well his position, his positioning is good he's scoring uh so credit to him credit to him uh although i'll say this and uh, i feel bad saying <laughs> this because i just praised him but he's not the level He's not at Barcelona's level, if if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. Good guy, I'm sure, and he's playing well. But the you know that number nine position
2: needs to be someone else. Yeah, sexier. That's 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 yeah. Let's go, let's I go mean, with that. <laughs> that. Yeah. Sexier, more consistent. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. I mean, that's sure. you know we're, we're talking about that. I mean, you know, with. You know, if Luke Young hits a goal streak here, he's gonna be the, almost the top scorer for, for Barça this season, you know. So that's how bad the goal scoring, yeah. That's how bad the goal scoring is. I mean, Memphis has eight right now, so Luke has three. So it's it's wow. like this <laughs> this, is, this is this is this is the the problem with the with the attack. I mean, I really hope Chavi's able to find something. Again, we're all hoping with beta breath for Fatih because I think that ultimately is really going to change the game for us because that puts everyone down down the the list a little bit right so then all of a sudden hukla is a is a is a reserve you know he comes in with 10 minutes and all of a sudden that gives you that extra boost maybe that you're looking for at the end of the game so again we're all holding our breath for for vati the last couple things i want to talk about is the injuries and obviously the supercopa that's coming up so with the injuries there's got news today here from spain eric garcia five weeks with hamstring you know, one of the things that we were complaining about at the beginning of the season with Kumin was the amount of injuries in this medical team. We're continuing to see injuries mount up. Obviously, Rahu was an unlucky one with his wrist. We can't really say that. That's something with the medical team. But again, with hamstrings, you know, do you see the team improving in fitness? Are you seeing them? Because uh, maybe I'm, you know, I'm always in this bubble of looking in different things. But are you seeing a stronger team than compared to three months ago?
0: I am okay, but at the same time, that's not saying much. <laughs> three or four, four months ago, you watch Barcelona and you're just unfortunately I'm joking around, but you're expecting an injury, like, oh well, let's play injury bingo. Who's gonna get injured today? And it was literally like that. Every week you, you had two or three injuries, and now and then, look, a, a couple of people got COVID as well. And we don't know yeah. coming back from COVID, how could you know how that affects you, you know, be it mentally or even physically as well. So that's a whole other issue. But I do see the team, you know, better than they were physically at least a couple of months ago. But let's not forget, this is a team for the most part, right? For the most part that were there last season and the season before. Um, And it goes back to complacency, you know, the lack of training, the lack of intensity in training and the lack of intensity even during the matches. Yeah. And that takes time. That takes time to build up. I think we're seeing slowly but surely. I think we're seeing a bit of difference on the pitch uh but yeah i mean that that garcia injury that's that's gonna hurt uh, for five weeks and that's that won't be easy
2: yeah especially with the depth and the yellow cards that are happening on this team you know i mean that's the thing like next match Gabi's not going to be playing you know luckily pk didn't get ejected because could you imagine if pk got that red card and all of a sudden we're without eric garcia and pk on defense without Arahu it's like uh we're gonna have tryouts you know we're gonna have tryouts for defenders seriously um okay i mean hopefully again we, I just feel like we just need some good luck, right? Like I tweeted out the other day, I was like, you know, when uh, Arahu Rahu got hurt, I was like, looks like the three Kings gave us coal, right? Because like, I just feel like every match, there's always an injury or something we can't recover. I mean, we lost Frankie DeYoung, young, right? To like a calf injury, the last match. And it's like just constant things like this. So I hope we can just get some good luck. I mean, we just like, what, what it's bad karma or what, what's going on here? You know, I, I don't know. I don't
0: know if it's all the, the crap that we spoke as fans like 10 years ago or five years ago when we were dominating world football and finally came back to us to haunt us. But yeah, it's it's been, look, it's been, it's been tough. It's been tough on the players, obviously. And it's not like you could tell a lot of these guys, especially the, the youth, right? They, they yeah. want to play and they want to show their worth. And sometimes, you know, someone, Someone like Pedri, for example, I mean, he played 5,000 matches last season uh, or last year. And eventually the the injuries are going to catch up. And hopefully, hopefully our luck begins to turn around and begins to turn around on Wednesday against, uh, against Madrid.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? And the good thing is, you know, Barcelona are clawing their way back up the table. They're now six with 32 points. But again, like you said, they are traveling to the south of Spain, to Saudi Arabia for the Europa Super (laughs) Cup, And they're playing Real Madrid. And Real Madrid won last night 4-1 against uh, a very disappointing Valencia match. I mean, they were brutal last night. I don't know if you could watch any of it. They lost 4-1. But Real Madrid are really cruising right now with 49 points at the top of the table. I think my biggest fear with this match are twofold. Going to Saudi Arabia, which is a long flight, playing the one match, and getting embarrassed, and then coming back. Those That to me is worst case scenario because then all of a sudden the doubt of Chavi's project is going to be in. Obviously everyone's going to be praising Madrid, but also just flying all the way to Saudi Arabia to play this one match and coming all the way back. Like those are all, and hopefully no injuries. Like that's, that's the yeah. thing we have to look at. This is a really big match. Not only is it a classico, quote unquote, but also to see where the team's at, to see if they're a bit better, but man, this, Roy, this 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 match really scares me, man. Because Vinicius is actually scoring goals now. Yeah. Benzema is the league leader in goals. Like, And I believe that Madrid is going to be out for blood in this match because they just want to put their stamp on this, especially, you know, they're just like, eh, calm down. We're still top dogs here this season.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to be, and I'm usually someone that's uh, an optimist, but I'm, I tend to be a realist as well. <laughs> This match, yeah, I'm like you, this match scares me. Uh, I think Madrid's going to go all out. I think they're going to want to humiliate Barcelona. I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to to do that because of the injuries and because, you know, I mean, Xavi's, Xavi's going to want to play for the win, right? He's not, I and mean, he had no choice anyways, but he's going to want to play for the win. And I wonder what kind of risks he's going to take. That's number one. The fatigue is going to play a role, like you said, south of Spain flying out to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> And that's uh, that's a whole other issue as well. Yeah, and Madrid again, and maybe there's I don't know if there's shame in saying this, but Madrid are a better side right now. Uh, yeah, in yeah, better form. They have better players on paper at least, and not just on paper on the pitch as well. They're showing it, and they're they're out for blood. Like you said, uh, Benzema's top of the league. Vinicius is scoring. Since when does Vinicius? Does Vinicius I score? know. I, I don't know. I know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a very
2: Bad scoreline for Barcelona, <laughs> to be honest, unfortunately. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. Well, but... the, the one thing I think that's positive that we can take out of this is Ferran Torres is going to be able to play in this match. So that's yes. a good thing. So that gives us a little bit of a fight there. But at the same time, he's never played with these players. So we're going to see how he plays with them. But again, man, I am really nervous just because, again, the long flight, the high possibility of losing, embarrassment, Maybe an injury, you know, and then coming all the way back to play. Yeah, it's 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 it, gonna be difficult.
0: It's it's a tough one. And then, I mean, yeah. look, you, you mentioned and we spoke about the flight. Sure, but the flight's the same thing for Madrid, right? I mean, Madrid's yeah, yeah, yeah of course. as well. So, so, they gotta fly out. It's it's like one of those. I'm I'm calling it an excuse for me, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those excuses of, oh, well, the pitch wasn't very good. It was dry. Yeah, but the pitch was the same for everybody.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same for sure. thing when you
0: fly, but hey, I'm using it as an excuse. Players retired; they flew to Saudi Arabia. It's like a four or five hour flight.
2: They're tired. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I I talk more like to go there than play, no, then course. turn around and come back. Right? Like of that's course. that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so we'll see. Again, that's Wednesday night, and then Atlético Madrid plays against Athletic Bilbao on Thursday night, and the winner plays on Saturday, I believe. So,
0: is is January the uh, the unofficial Barcelona versus Athletic Bilbao like ten times a month? Is <laughs> that like the official month i, I don't get it I felt like last i remember last year we faced him was like three times in one week yeah and yeah and yeah it's, 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 it's actually the in the
2: la liga scriptures from uh, there 100, 100 years yeah. ago yeah. <laughs> I mean, moses came down and he said athletic Bilbao must play a barca every january three times yeah there you That's go it's funny because yeah. we do play him again after that so we'll see again like you said, I want to be optimistic, but I'm also a realist. This is going to be a really tough match, just because of our squad depth at this moment, right? On top of that, and also maybe it's not a bad thing that we lose and then get the weekend to recover and then get going for the next following week. Yeah, that's
0: that's another you know that's another way of looking at it. Uh, I'm looking at the calendar right now. They play Alaves right after, and it's away from home, and then it's Atletico Madrid at the Camp Nou. Oh, so gosh, big big month. And then after that, it's a, it's Espanol. So it's not a very easy match, and then we got this this is the thing now. There's no oh, easy matches. Okay. <laughs> There's no easy matches. That's match. a, that's true. That's true. I mean, olive is as a way. You would think, hey, maybe three, four, five years ago, i eh, as a way we could, you know, we could get the win there. Now I mean, could we get a draw?
2: <laughs> it was funny because in our Patreon WhatsApp group, we were talking about the game on Wednesday, and yeah. the chatter before that was can we just win 3 nothing? Like, can we just win 3 nothing? And, of course, we couldn't do that either against Linares. So it's like every game is just going to be a dogfight. Like, this is how it's yeah. going to be. So at Alaves, I can see the weather being a factor for us, you know, with the rain, the north of Spain. That's the real north of Spain. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, again, all these matches are just going to be dogfights. So you look at the schedule and it's just like, you know, remember, like, you know, obviously when we had Messi and, you know, four years ago, you would look at that schedule and be like, Alaves, win look over the next one, you'd be like, yeah, Atletico Madrid, we have a higher percentage away, it's going to be a tough match, but I feel confident. Now it's like, poof, I don't know, how are we are going to score goals?
0: <laughs> no, but it's that. It, it's, Alaves away, it's, you mentioned the weather and the fans, and the players are going to be up for it as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. is a weakened Barcelona team. Then you have Atletico Madrid at home, and then Espanyol, and then it's Europa League. And Xavi has to manage oh the squad. Xavi has to manage this squad. Europa it's not League. just one match at a time, it's no, it's I mean, think of it this way, right? You have three matches before the Europa League. And I can't believe I'm saying Europa League. And I three, but <laughs> We have three matches. Uh, FA Cup. Uh, no, FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. UEFA Cup sorry. UEFA yeah, Cup. Yeah. I'm going to call it the UEFA Cup. Yeah. When I first started watching Barcelona, I kind of in the... Yeah, NFL. yeah, yeah. So you have three matches. For, forget the Madrid. Put that one aside. You have Alaves. You have Atletico. And you have Espanyol. Three matches versus three opponents you absolutely have to win. You can't lose against Espanyol. Yeah, yeah, yeah the match against atletico madrid is that's a you know a quote unquote six point match right you for get sure, that for sure but then what do you do with Napoli and the How thing is, that, it's, it's, this yeah and,
2: and also it's a Thursday that's that's the thing that's going oh to be a killer God. that's the thing that's going to be killer with this Europa League UEFA oh. Cup if you want to call it too yeah uh, <laughs> is that it's going to be Thursday luckily luckily Roy Napoli has an airport because you know, some of these teams that are in the tournament don't have an airport that you can yeah. fly into so easily. So, it's all these logistical things that are just happening. And January is going to be a crazy month with all this stuff because it's going to be a complete roller coaster of, you know, what happens if we beat Alavés two nothing? Then all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh! And then we lose two nothing to Atlético. We're just back down with the Bajón. Yeah. Like so, it's really going to be hard to manage our expectations but you know obviously we are excited to see you know i think for me the biggest mile point right now are two things pedri and fati that need to come back because when you mentioned pedri i totally forgot that he hasn't been playing at all you know that's it's you know he's been injured and obviously with covid
0: yeah well i mean that's what happens when you get like a 14 year old to play (laughs) five games in in like a span of six months something's gonna happen right yeah yeah (laughs) for sure for sure and uh, Look, hopefully, hopefully he's back sooner than later, and same thing for Fati and Xavi gets this machine
2: really rolling. I mean, he has. I mean, the one thing that we have seen is just you know, obviously the things that we were looking for was more fight, and we're clawing our way back. Obviously, we've lost opportunities for three points, but again, we're we're having the chances to do that, so that's something we can definitely hold on to. So, uh, Roy, as always, thank you for joining me. I always enjoy our chats of talking football, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, thank you, Gabriel. Thank you for having me, and uh, keep doing,
0: uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Good job.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.